On this episode of Inside Music Cast, we welcome back two of our past guests, Jeff Lorber and Jimmy Haslip, to discuss their new Jeff Lorber Fusion album collaboration, Hacienda. But before we dive into the interview, let's check out the rest of this track from Hacienda titled Solar Wind. Thank you. 
Hey, Jeff and Jimmy, welcome back to Inside Music Cast. Thanks for having us. Hey, no so problem. Hey, Jeff, it's good to catch up with you and see what you're up to. But uh, today, as we all know, we're we're talking about your latest Concord release uh, as uh, the the Grammy nominated Jeff Lorber Fusion, and uh, and the new project, of course, is called Hacienda. And um, it's it's funny because every the past two recordings, you know, now is the time in Galaxy. I've always introduced it as this is your best work yet. Well, I'm sort of people are going to think I'm lying because I'm saying it again. This is your <laughs> <laughs> this is your best work yet, and uh, uh, you. You feel good about it, huh? It's a nice, uh, nice project. Yeah, I, you know, it's sort of um, the third of a series of three kind of, of 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 records that I've made with Jimmy and and with Eric and uh, and with Vinny for the most part on drums. Who you know, mm-hmm. wonderful drummer, of course. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we you know we always try to um, do our best, but I think uh, on this record we had we just had a little luck where the, the, the things ended up uh, in a few cases. You know, just various kinds of. Uh, you know, just things happen that that really help to to make the uh, record um, better than than, than w- what we might expect. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Jimmy, uh, you're um, you guys busy right now in in the tour, or how how busy are you, and what's the schedule look like as you guys are promoting the the new album? Well, we get. I think we're getting ready to gear up to uh, being busy. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of gigs in November. We've done a few scattered things in September and October now. But um, uh, and and they're looking. I, I think your office is looking to spearhead something in the, yeah, the late, spring. early spring yeah. into into the summer. Yeah, it's looking looking good. Very very good. This album comes on the heels of two successful albums for you. The now is the time, which was out in 2010 and uh, Galaxy in 2012 and, and they've had sort of a progressive dance house you know kind of music vibe. And from your perspective, how does Hacienda differ from those previous two projects? Well, um, you know, the thing that really inspired this record was doing a lot of touring. We did a, a long tour where we played in Southeast Asia and we played in Europe. Yeah. And, um, and you know, people over there, they, they really dig this sort of virtuoso, like the more fusion jazz stuff rather than, I guess, smooth jazz, you might say. They like the more energetic and the more jazzy kind of music. And so we were very inspired from that touring and we came back and uh, and it just kind of coincided when uh, Vinny was going to be coming into my studio anyway to play on, on another project. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we just thought, wow, well, while he's there, we, you know, it's, it's hard to get him because he's very busy. He's plays with yeah. Kurt, plays with Faith Hill. Like, he's on the road with Sting. Yeah, Sting and, and um, Jeff Beck. And, you know, he work, works with so many people. So, you know, when you, when you get a chance to, to work with Vinny, you kind of want to take, take that opportunity. So it was basically from having all that energy of, uh, you know, just kind of seeing how the music from the last two albums really went over with that international audience. And mm-hmm. that really gave us the inspiration to make a record, which I think was even more high energy and more kind of uh, focused on the fusion jazz style to some extent. So Vinny's back out with Sting again. It had, I think it's been a while since he went out with him, but, you know, he, of course, toured with him a lot back, you know, in the in the 90s and right. early 2000s. But, uh, yeah, so he's back out with Sting, huh? Yes, he is, and uh, he's also been touring extensively with uh, a, a Herbie Hancock Quartet. You know, it's funny you mentioned uh, Vinny and, and Sting because uh, I've been talking to uh, uh, Dominic Miller, and uh, oh. he's going to be a soon guest to us here on Inside Music Guys. That's a little sneak peek. Uh, we don't know exactly <laughs> when, but uh, it's the wheels are turning, so that we're going to get uh, another Sting uh, partner. There. Yeah, he's oh, cool. he's one of those guys that's incredibly talented. He gets overshadowed, like people 
Yeah. You might not know him, but I think a lot of musicians know he, who he is and know how instrumental his style on guitar is to sting sound. Mm -hmm. That's been mainly his biggest musical collaborator for quite some time, I think. Well, uh, going back, diving back into Hacienda, you know, your, your musician roster includes some, you know, of course, some really top-notch uh, musicians as usual, like Paul Jackson Jr., like you mentioned, Vinnie Caliuta, Dave Weckl, Lenny Castro, David Mann. It had Larry Koontz and, and, uh, uh, and even a surprise guest who we'll talk about here in a minute. Yeah, well, that, I mean, that's one of the great things about living in L.A. Or, I mean, not everybody's from L.A., of course, that you mentioned, but, right. you know, it's just uh, – you know, everybody wants to chip in and help. And a, a lot of those people have worked on previous records. So there's, you know, I mean, when it, when it comes to a guy like, um, like Paul Jackson Jr., we go way back to the early 80s. I mean, I knew him yeah. when he was living with his parents, living in Englewood, <laughs> and he had a big 24-track uh, Sony tape recorder in his, in his living room. I'd go over there. <laughs> and so we go, we go back a long ways. But that's one of the nice things about uh, having those kind of relationships. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I just noticed it, well, something you actually just said is that, you know, you uh, you tend to uh, keep it close, like a close-knit family together for your albums. And uh, especially these last few, you, of course, you've had Jimmy involved. And, you know, is, is that important to you to, to really keep that close-knit sort of family, that, that vibe going when because you know that, you know, what these guys are going to bring to the table? How important is it, is it for you to expand outside of that family? I mean, do you do, you do that too very often? Well, you know, I think every everybody on that list that you just mentioned, they're just such incredible musicians. And and I, yeah. I don't want to leave off Michael Thompson because he's a big yeah. member of the of of our posse too. Yes, uh-huh. and uh, you know, and they're they're just all um, just consummate, uh, you know, wonderful creative musicians at the at the top of their craft, and they contribute so much. And it's it's sort of like we come up with this with this basic structure of what the tunes are, and you know, l- luckily we we got some really great basic tracks to start with, and then we get these wonderful contributions of people like David Mann and Michael Thompson, Paul Jackson Jr., and all, all the other people that, that played on the record, mm-hmm. and they they just help flesh it out in incredible ways. You know, I, I, you know, sometimes we I, I think back to the the early days of um, you know. Some like Quincy Jones productions when he was doing stuff like Off the Wall and uh, the Rufus album, and you know he had an incredible group of people that he worked with with yeah, uh, right. you know you Johnson know J- brothers, you know yeah, J- yeah Jerry Hay and yeah Greg Fillinganes and all the guys that he worked with and uh, right you know that I mean that's one reason why that music lasts for so long because it's at such a high level and the c- contributions were incredible mm-hmm. and uh, you know we don't quite have that level maybe of of all that talent but we we do to a to a smaller extent and um, and we're really uh, we're, we're lucky to get the, the all the different people that we have on the record and it's funny because they all contribute in such different ways yeah that's neat Jimmy what are your perspectives on the, the team and the process and uh, maybe you can tell us as to how long this project uh, took to to uh, get into the studio and, and to produce the product well it took a, a while just because of our individual schedules but um, you know you know again you know to reiterate what Jeff just said I mean there's we have a, a nice circle of friends and incredible musicians, so um, that's extremely helpful and, and uh, helps in the creative process immensely. Um, you know, it took us a while to actually put all this together, except that Jeff is a very prolific writer, so the music was all there. It just took us a while to get it all uh, finished up because of our schedules but yeah. uh it was a wonderful process and actually in in that respect 
uh, we were kind of glad it took a little bit longer because we were able to kind of go back after not hearing the stuff for a while and get a, even like a brand new perspective on what we had just done. Yeah. And that was, I think, helpful too in, in uh, bringing all these songs to fruition yeah. uh, as they appear now on, on the record. Yeah. Well, let me, me let me mention a couple of the tracks on the on Hacienda. Um, first of all, it starts off with Coronaldo, which it's, it's nice. It's an offbeat, funky uh, track, a lot of analogish lead synths, and uh, melded with a lot of acoustic piano sounds that I just I just love it when you throw in the acoustic piano because I know uh, your sound quite often is defined by sometimes the, the Fender Rhodes, but you mixed in uh, a lot of analogish lead synths along with the piano. Um, what were your thoughts on this project, uh, this uh, this track right there, Jeff? Well, well, first of all, the, the title of the song um, is uh, re- refers to this beautiful town in southern Italy that we played at that kind of overlooks this mountain range. And um, and the, the, more than, than anything else that I've done in a long time, I think this song kind of reminds me of Weather Report. And it's got this sort of feeling like you're on a trip, like you're on a journey. Mm-hmm. And, and, that, and that's what it was like when we were on this tour, because we were touring all around these mountains in southern Italy. And it was, um, it, it was really exciting. and It was fun. And it, it was an adventure. And that's, I think that's the kind of feeling that you get from listening to that song. And, um, and yeah, so we use all the tools that we have at our disposal to try to make each song kind of interesting sonically. So, you know, not to stay in one place, but to use, uh, you know, that one, that one actually has two different synth solos they sound kind of similar but one is actually a mini mug and the other synth solo is a uh it's this modern uh roland keyboard called a gaia it's a little just a little different and uh you know but but the way we approach it is sort of we're very spontaneous and we just kind of um you know we got a good good feel i mean i think like uh the drumming on it's unbelievable I mean, mm-hmm. man, like Vinny just really, uh, I, I think that was, that was, was, that, was that one of the first things that we cut? I know. I know. I think so. Yeah. Kind of early on. But uh, yeah, so so uh, we haven't started playing that one live yet, but I, I hope to. Yeah. Well, uh, Larry Koontz is such a great guitarist. And, you know, of course, he's been playing. He's been around for a long time. And he, he really takes command of uh, the track Solar Wind and uh, also contributes to this, the track uh, Playa del Falco. It's a that 6-8 ballad that, that comes later in the album. But isn't this uh, kind of a, I don't know, not necessarily different, but is this sort of a, a change to include a dominant guitarist on, on one of your tracks? Well, um once again, it's we we really like mixing it up and, uh-huh. and have those different colors, so you, so you don't have a feeling of sameness when you listen to the record. And we've had uh, Larry on the last three records. I think uh, Jimmy, you you introduced him to I me in the first place, to you, yeah, because I had done some gigs with Larry. I was very impressed with him, and he's he's a really good guy. And mm-hmm. we talked about working together, and then actually, um, to be honest. Uh, uh, on now's the time, I think we were going to try to get Pat Martino. Oh, right, that's oh, right. Okay. Oh, interesting. Yeah, we couldn't get. Yeah, there was some record company shenanigans going on that, that <laughs> <laughs> prevented us from uh, from getting Pat Martino. We don't really know what happened, actually. But we don't, <laughs> but he was in town. We could have had him, but it didn't happen, unfortunately. <laughs> hey guys, let's take another break and let's check out the title track from this new Jeff Lober Fusion album, and this is Hacienda.
Well, I want to I want to finish up here with uh, one one track. Of course, it sort of takes center stage just because of of the essence of of the tracks that are on this album. Because you wrote pretty much uh, all the tracks with Jimmy, except for this one, which is called which is gee whiz, the, the you know Frank Zappa classic, the King Kong. And uh, if anybody was, was to uh, go to our Facebook page on Inside Music Cast, you'll notice that I put on there a uh, a video of the day, which was the original uh, King Kong that uh, Frank Zappa recorded back on the BBC in six. Yeah, yeah. And, wow. and uh, so I pulled that out because I wanted our, our listeners to know that uh, as this comes out, they'll be able to get a little sneak peek as to what it originally was. And I tell you, Zapper was all all over the place back then. Um, but of course, you've invited. Brings me to Jean Luc Ponty. Tell us, explain to our listeners, Jeff, uh, how Jean Luc Ponty uh, connects to uh, Frank Zappa, King Kong, and how you connect with this ultimately. Well, first of all, when I was, uh, I think I was, I don't know. 11 or 13 or something like that. I'll never forget hearing Frank Zappa on the radio for the first time. I was, I was listening to some radio late at night at, at my house and this song came on called help. I'm a rock. Mm-hmm. And I was just amazed like, Whoa, what is this? Right. And I was just, I, I just never heard anything like it before. And I just wanted to know as much as I could about this, this musician and this music. Cause it just seemed so crazy and so unusual. And I became a big, big Frank Zappa fan, and I got a chance to see him many times um, at the Fillmore East and uh, at different different shows around the Philadelphia, New Jersey, and New York area where I, where I was grew, growing up. And I and I explained this to Jimmy, which which I think he was kind of surprised to hear. But the song King Kong was actually like not only did Zappa play it, but it was sort of like a like some of the rock bands used to kind of jam on it. You know, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. The, the, the bands back in those days, they didn't have something called jam bands, but bands would jam anyway. <laughs> you know, the rock bands of, of the era, the local rock bands were kind of jam bands and they, right. would, they would just jam. There was a local Philly band called Elizabeth in particular. I, I remember they used to have these big called B ins, which are big uh, kind of concert parties in mm-hmm. Fairmont Park, which is like the, Philadelphia version of, of Central Park, and they used to play King Kong. So anyway, so Vinny was there, and Vinny used to play with uh, Frank, and we were actually just about finished with our day of recording. And I said, "Well, let's let's record King Kong," you know, and and um, you know, Vinny was up for it. And what you hear on the record is basically that was kind of like the first take of the song, and it just had a, a great energy to it. And uh, it, it was sort of a last-minute idea to record it, and it turned out to be one of, one of the best things on the record, I think. Well, it includes an incredible performance by, uh, of course, uh, I've been a huge fan of Jean-Luc Ponty, uh, who is an amazing jazz violinist for our listeners, and who he explodes, I think, right about, if I'm correct, right around with two minutes left in the track, uh, of your track, he explodes right onto the track with an amazing performance, and he just really tears it up. Um, and of course, uh, I know that you didn't have him in the studio with you, but uh, how did you persuade him to to hop on uh, in, as a, a guest performer? Well, <laughs> Uh, I, I actually have an affiliation with Jean-Luc going way back hmm. when Yellow Jackets used to do a lot of gigs with Jean-Luc Ponty. Yeah, that's, that's true. And, and uh, I got to be friends with Jean-Luc, and I actually helped him out a couple of times with some things, uh, musicians and stuff that he was looking for. But we stayed in touch over the years, although I hadn't talked to him in quite a long time. And then once we recorded this, and it sounded so good, we started thinking about possibly bringing in some more alumni from the Frank Zappa group, uh, of which actually I was trying to track down Ruth Underwood. 
Hmm. Okay. But I, I came to find out, I, I reached a dead end on that, and I came to find out that she was retired, wasn't really performing anymore. And so uh, then it was suggested that I contact Ed Mann, who was also a Zappa alumnus. Absolutely, right? yeah. yeah. And, and, uh, and he was down to do it. And then I thought, well, why not try to get Jean-Luc? Because I know there's a famous version of King Kong that he recorded. Right, exactly. Um, I think, uh, actually, Jeff had a copy of a record that was called King Kong. The whole, the whole album was called Yeah, if I'm correct, I think Frank Zappa wrote the whole project for him. I, I think he did. Yeah, I, I think so. That was back in a while. That's, it's an amazing thing because uh, it, it, the, just the connectivity between Zappa and Ponty and, and you guys and you, Jimmy. and I mean, it just seems like the, the, the kind of chemistry that you need to make a, a, a cover like this really successful, you know? I think so. Well, we were so thrilled when we got uh, Jean-Luc's uh, violin part when he sent it to us because it just – he just played – you know, extraordinary, creative, incredible solo, you know, it's just unbelievable. Could, couldn't be better. And the same goes for Ed Mann too. The stuff that he sent in yeah. was too. And, um, so, you know, sometimes you worry about, about like, well, wow, Ed Mann, I haven't heard about him for a while. I wonder <laughs> if he still can play, but man, he really can play. He can play. He sure can. And so we were, we, it was just, a, you know, like I said, it was one of those like very fortunate things. And once again, also Michael Thompson played some, some really, really cool stuff on, on, um, that, that's somebody you would get, get on your show. Have you had him on yet? Not at all. No. We'd love to have that connection. That'd be great. Yeah. He's played on a lot of people's records. <laughs> he's quite a, quite a player. Yeah. Yeah. Hey guys, let's take a break and let's check out this Frank Zappa tune that you guys have so masterfully redone. And this is King Kong.
Well, hey, Jeff, um, just moving ahead, our, our friends at Concord uh, have given us uh, three of your Jeff Lowe Refusion Hacienda CDs to give away. And, yeah. and we're going to let you uh, read off the three winners who will be receiving this uh, amazing project. So, Jeff, uh, when you're ready, go ahead and give us those names. Okay, I am going to randomly move my computer mouse. <laughs> and let's see, the first one is Maurice Escobar. Maurice Escobar from Pembroke Pines, Florida. Congratulations, Maurice. There you go. All I'm right. going to go straight to their Facebook page. Hey, uh, <laughs> everything. Hi, Maurice. Okay. And I'm going to – hopefully I won't click on the same one this time. Uh, what do we got? Uh, Lance – No, David – Oh, David Lance Flesser. Yeah, Flesser. Right. Yeah, David from Castro Valley, California. Congratulations, David. There you go, David. All right. And then one more. You got one more here. Okay, hopefully it'll be one I can pronounce. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm about to do this one. Let's see what we got. Um, Morton. Oh, that's a Tynum. tough one. Morton <laughs> Tynum from, uh, Christ- I believe it says Christiansand, Norway. There you go, Morton. Wow. And- Mor- and you know the 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 Scandinavians they have beautiful uh, design concept and he, it looks like he's got a beautiful set of speakers there in his pad. <laughs> <laughs> well, very very cool. We have our three winners. That's Maurice Escobar, uh, David L. Flesser or Fleeser, and Morton Tynum from uh, from Norway. So congratulations yeah, to our congratulations three guys. Yeah, exactly. Excellent. Hey Jeff, thank you so much for being with us uh, and catching up. Hey, Jeff, before you go, I, I, I loved your little post the other day on Facebook about Yahtzee. <laughs> that cracked me up. I love that because I used to love that game, and, it, and you had, like, the yeah, whole history. You know, people don't give Yahtzee the, you know, the, the pro- props that it deserves. I mean, <laughs> that was great. Brought back, you know? <laughs> Maybe Milton Bradley can be our spon- our next sponsor. Right. <laughs> cool. Well, Jeff and Jimmy, thanks uh, so much for hanging out with us and uh, and uh, talking about your new album Hacienda. And we, Eddie and I, love it. We listen to it a lot, and, and we're really digging it. And uh, and work, you know, while we're while we're here, uh, where can they? I'm sure they can find it on Amazon. But there are there any other outlets that you recommend uh, our listeners uh, finding this album? Well, iTunes is okay. Yep, iTunes. Cool. That's that's usually the easiest the easiest thing I think. And uh, and, and if you go to my Lorber.com website, you can get the schedule of where we'll we'll be playing that's true very good and we'll, we'll be sure to update uh, once we get that schedule we'll, we'll update that on our our site as well so everybody will know so right. very cool guys thanks so much thank you all right thanks take we'll, care we'll talk to you soon okay okay bye-bye special thanks to jeff lorber and jimmy haslip for joining us on this episode of inside music cast we'd also like to thank our correspondents kim riley brian pearson scott gross max zape mikhail ingstrom uve reith Scott Sheriff, Don Brightup, and Mats Unilon for their continued support and content development for Inside Music Cast. Inside Music Cast is powered by Cabello Associates and Earshot Audio Post. For information about becoming a sponsor and sharing your message with thousands of music fans around the world, please visit InsideMusicCast.com for contact information. For Eddie Cabello, I'm Rick Such. Thanks for listening to Inside Music Cast. Music Cast.